So the last few months for us have been absolutely insane. Our plan was to move to Liberia and actually to leave tomorrow, but that's not happening now because we got a positive COVID test. And so we've been selling all of our things. We've been packing, organizing, and trying to tie up all the loose ends so that we can be ready to move to another continent for the foreseeable future. And so this has been kind of a crazy time. And so I haven't really had time to focus on making podcast episodes. I've been just like living on people's couches. And then a few weeks ago, I actually came down with COVID, which is why my voice might sound a little bit off and my throat might get really scratchy, especially towards the end. But right now I'm in my sister-in-law's bedroom and I'm just going to do the best I can. I'm just going to make it work because as of right now, our flight has been rescheduled for a week from today, but everything's done. All my work is done. All the loose ends are tied up. So now I just have this free week. So I'm going to try to make as many episodes as I can and just make the best use of this intermediate time that I have. But anyways, you're listening to the awkward apocalypse, a deconstruction podcast that examines Christian culture against the authority of scripture. I'm Corey Kuhn. And today I want us to talk a little bit about toxic positivity. This is the catchy theme song. This is the catchy theme song. I want to take you back with me to Kenya. The year is 2011 and I'm a college intern. I'm interning at a church in the middle of Kibera, which is the biggest slum in Africa. And so throughout the course of this internship, I started to think like I was the man, like I was the coolest missionary because I was in this super dangerous slum. It's the, you know, so rough. Like the, the ground was just like trash and sewage. And I was just in it, man. Like I was just out there doing crazy things for Jesus. And I just kind of got this chip on my shoulder. Like I was it like, no one had anything on me in the missionary battles. I would always win because I was always in a rougher area or I was always, you know, I don't know. Pe- people get really vain about things like that. And I was part of that problem. So anyways, we're out doing house visits and the pastor is just kind of dragging me with him, letting me be a part of the ministry that he does day in and day out. And so he takes me into this one house of this man who he really wants me to meet. And the man's wife is home, but he's not in there. And so we talked to the wife for a little bit and the pastor just talks about how he really wants to meet this man and how he hasn't been able to catch him in so long. And it's been forever since he's seen him. And as we're talking, the man walks in in the moment he walked in the room, this man was beaming with just this like tangible joy. And he looks over in our direction and smiles and comes over and gives me the warmest handshake. And he looks me directly in the eyes. And that's when I realized his eyes are looking different directions. And he shares with us immediately that he tested positive for HIV. And then he also shares that he's been suffering from malaria. And then he also shares that he's been suffering from meningitis and has started to lose feeling in his legs and can't really see. And to prove that he can see, he, he calls me a Mzungu and slaps me in the leg, which is their word for white guy. And he slaps me in the leg and says he's wearing white pants, even though they were khaki, it was close enough. And he pointed to my shirt and said it was a red shirt. So he did get that right. So I believed him that he at least could see a little bit, but he said he was beginning to lose his vision. He then apologized to the pastor and said that he had had trouble getting to church because he actually had gotten caught in the sewers of Kibera trying to get to church and then nobody would help him out because he couldn't really walk well because of his legs. And he said he would just kind of get stuck down there sometimes. And, and if you take one of these struggles, that would probably be too much for most of us. I mean, my wife has had malaria six times, so maybe malaria would be something that we could handle if we were treating it. But I mean, take, take those other struggles that he's facing aside from just living in this slum. And that would be about as much as we could handle. Yet through all of that suffering, this man had this joy that you could just feel. And it was rooted and grounded in his hope in Jesus Christ. Like if that was the foundation of his happiness and joy. And the reason I share that is because in that moment, 
my Christianity just like exploded. Like I, I didn't know what to do with what was in front of me. I, I, that was a category I had never really had in my life for someone to be that happy and that miserable at the same time. And I remember looking down at my forearm where I had scribbled like some motivational saying, I think it was like, it's by my grace, you're breathing. It was like lyrics from a metalcore song that I was super into at the time. And I remember writing that on my arm, like, yeah, I'm doing stuff for Jesus. Like I'm suffering. I'm out here doing work. And I remember in that moment, just wanting to like claw that off my arm. I remember just wanting to like peel the skin off my arm and just get rid of that. Like I was just so embarrassed. I felt so exposed in front of this man who had this real joy. And I felt so cool and so holy and so righteous for just being in the slum for two months. And this man lived in it and found joy and happiness in the midst of it and didn't go around bragging about how he was a super Christian for being in it. And he just embraced his circumstances and was happy in the midst of that. And that was a level of Christ likeness that eclipsed whatever I was doing. And I remember just feeling so exposed and so vulnerable because this was a Christianity I had never known before. And in these meetings, the pastor would usually look at me and he would call on me to offer them some kind of encouragement from scripture and to pray with them. And in the other houses we had been in, I had gotten pretty good at having like an arsenal of Bible verses built up ready. Like I would be getting them ready as the person was talking. And then when the pastor would call on me, I was ready with a Bible verse and a quick prayer. But as this man was talking, I had nothing. Like, what do you, what do you say to that? How do you offer someone encouragement? What do you have to say to this man? Like, why am I the one giving him encouragement? He just encouraged me more than I can even express. And, and yet I, I'm the one who has to encourage him and pray with him in that moment. I, I don't know what to say. What, what do you say to that? What would you say to this guy? And I think the reason why in that moment I was so speechless is because I was kind of raised in this American Christian culture where everything is always positive and everything's always happy. And Christianity is a positive, encouraging, family-friendly religion that doesn't really ever even touch on the type of suffering this man had endured. And the Bible certainly addresses it. But what does Christian culture in America have to say to this man? And I've already talked about moralistic therapeutic deism in another episode and how that's kind of like the theology of American Christian culture and how that's not really even Christianity at all. But that episode, I guess, would be like a foundation for this one. And today I want to talk about something specific that sort of flows out of moralistic therapeutic deism. And I want to talk about the way that that actually causes a lot of damage, that Christian culture actually damages a lot of people. And that's with this sort of toxic positivity that comes out of Christianity, this idea that every Everything should always be happy. Everything should always be positive and encouraging and family friendly. And it's like there isn't this space in Christianity to just be sad and, and to just sit with someone in their suffering and acknowledge the brokenness and acknowledge the sadness, but still offer hope in the darkness in a way that is so much more profound than moralistic therapeutic deism offers. Because the way that American Christianity addresses suffering is kind of like just with pills. Like it's like these happy pills you take and then everything's better. It's, it's just like this approach to Christianity where the Bible is just like a therapy. It's just there to make you feel better. And so if someone's suffering, you just read them Romans eight twenty eight about how all things work together for good. And then that's somehow supposed to make everything better. And there, there just isn't this space in Christianity for suffering. Like if you look at Christian music, for the most part, most popular mainstream Christian music is going to fit in really one of two categories. It's either going to be worship music or it's going to be like sort of pseudo pop music that just sort of imitates the music of the culture. And a lot of times that music is designed to lift you up or give you a boost for your day. And it's kind of devoid of a lot of depth because it's devoid of a lot of darkness and suffering. Like it's hard to be profound 
without any darkness. I mean, think about like all the best movies ever made. My personal favorite movie is life is beautiful. It's a movie about the Holocaust. I mean, Schindler's list, great movie, saving private Ryan. I mean, just like think about all the movies in your mind that you would consider to be the best movies of all time. And a lot of them include some of the darkest periods of human history, because we see that through the darkness comes some of the brightest light you'll ever find. And some of the, the greatest hope you'll find is people finding happiness and finding joy in the midst of immense suffering. That's where true significance oftentimes lies. And Christianity just doesn't seem to have a space for that. Like Christian music just seems to want to make everything happy immediately without really allowing Christians to sit in that darkness and just be sad for a moment and just like acknowledge how dark it is and allow Christians to wrestle through things and allow Christians to doubt and struggle, to cry, to suffer. It's just like that space isn't there. And Christianity is just like, you better be smiling or you're not a good Christian. And I just don't think that's what the Bible says. I I don't think that's real Christianity. I think that is a very diluted and distorted version of Christianity, which I believe is moralistic therapeutic deism. And that's what flows out of it is this idea that you should always be positive. And it's like, if you're not always smiling and always talking about the joy of the Lord and just being like peppy, you're not a good Christian or something like that. And and it's like, if you're, if you're sad, then the solution to that is just like, listen to a happy song or read a Psalm or something like it's so shallow and it just doesn't meet people where they are. It doesn't meet people in the depths of their suffering like the Bible does. And the reason that I say it's toxic is because it doesn't allow Christians to be sad. It almost guilts you for being sad. And then Christian culture meets people in their sadness and then just tells them why they should be happy. And it's like, yes, the gospel is a hopeful life giving message that does bring happiness and joy, but it doesn't mean you always have to be feeling those things. And it is okay for Christians to be sad. It's okay for Christians to hurt and it's okay for Christians to wrestle and to question. Just look at the Psalms like that's everywhere in the Psalms. And that is perfectly okay for Christians to do. And what happens is one Christians feel guilty when they are suffering or when they are sad because they feel like they're not supposed to. And two, they'll look elsewhere for help because it's like we haven't really been taught how to meet people in that sadness. And so for me, when I'm sitting in the slum talking to Michael, what's going through my mind is how I can make it better right now. And that can be kind of toxic and it's not real Christianity. Real Christianity does have true joy and happiness, but sometimes it takes a while to get there. It's not something that you can just shortcut immediately with a Psalm or a feel good verse or something like that. Christianity is not just a pill you can take when you're sad. It's not something that just gives you a boost and suddenly you're happy. And I do believe that's toxic. I do believe that for a lot of people, they need more than that. They, They need more than someone just telling them to be happy. I mean, we've all seen inside out, right? And probably one of the most significant scenes in the entire movie, the scene that most people are going to remember, like the take home message from the movie comes when bing bong, I feel so weird saying that in like my podcast, bing bong. Um, anyways, he loses his wagon that he was going to use to go to the moon with Riley. It gets pushed over the edge into like the abyss of nothingness into like where Riley forgets stuff, I guess. And he's just sitting there and he's sad because he realizes Riley's forgetting him. Her imaginary best friend from her childhood is being forgotten. And it's this moment where he realizes she doesn't want me anymore. 
and joy like obnoxious joy comes over to him and starts like poking him and tickling him and trying to cheer him up and being like hey you know what's cool doing the thing we were doing like just totally trying to ignore the sadness of the situation and to me that kind of looks like the toxic positivity i'm talking about that christian culture can have towards people who are suffering it's just kind of like hey here comes the tickle monster you know jesus loves you and and it's just like it's not helpful and that's not what Christianity is about. And the, the significant moment is when sadness comes over to him and just sits next to him and says, I'm sorry they took your rocket. They took something that you loved. It's gone forever. And, you know, Joy's all frustrated. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, and, and sadness just keeps saying, like, I can understand why that would be hurtful. I can understand why you're sad. And that moment in the movie just hits us because we've come to not like the sadness character because she just kind of ruins everything. But in that moment, it's like you realize there's a place for sadness and there, there is a time to sit with someone and just be sad with them and let them be sad and realize sometimes that's what people need. And I think that's a lesson for us as Christians. Like, I think we should learn that lesson too. If not from inside out, I think we should learn that from scripture. Like there is a time to just be sad, to mourn. I mean, if you know two verses in the Bible, you know, John three sixteen, and you know, Jesus wept. Like that's probably the second most popular verse that everyone knows. Jesus wept. He was sad that, that there is a place in Christianity for that. And I think that's really what's missing in a lot of ways from Christian culture. I've actually made a Spotify playlist that I kind of snidely call Christian music. That's actually good. Obviously there's a lot of good Christian music that's not on there. And a lot of mainstream Christian music is good. I, I said that just to kind of shock people, but anyways, I'll put a link to that in the description, but the reason I made this playlist is because I've realized that there's a lot of great Christian music out there that a lot of people don't really even want to consider Christian music because it addresses real issues and it's really dark. Like a lot of the topics of the songs that I put in that playlist, a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable letting their children listen to, but they're important topics for Christians to wrestle through. Like there are songs on there about doubt and people wondering where is God. And there's a lot of issues that we face as Christians that just aren't really addressed in Christian culture. It's like most Christian songs seem to either fit in the category of just straight up worship music or just this sort of like positive, encouraging and family friendly pop music. It just needs so much more creativity and so much more expression than that. Christians need a place to go when they're suffering or struggling or wrestling or doubting. And and Christian culture just wants to kind of filter all of those difficult things out of Christianity and leave just the happy stuff, just the encouraging things, just the things that are palatable for the whole family. And that's just not Christianity. That's not the Bible. If you were to make a movie out of the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, you would be lucky if that movie got an R rating. Like it probably, if you include all the graphic details, you might not be able to even show that thing in theaters. I mean, the Bible has infanticide, fratricide, polygamy, rape, murder by rape, and and then subsequent dismemberment. And you have theft, betrayal, child sacrifice, adultery, torture, gouging eyes out, a man killing 300 people with a donkey jawbone. Like that sounds ridiculous, but think of how gory that was. You have martyrdoms, smashing babies' heads on rocks. Like that's in the Bible. And, And then the central focus point of the Bible is when God himself is nailed to the torture execution device that is the cross. And by the way, he talked about tying millstones around people's necks and drowning them and then slaughtering people at his feet. Like Jesus talked about that. And then he comes back at the end with like a sword coming out of his mouth and throws people into a lake of fire. I mean, this is not family friendly stuff here. 
Like this is graphic. This is real. This is raw. And this idea that Christian families shelter their children from the world is just so funny to me because they base that sheltering around this book with all this heinous stuff in it. Because for a lot of them, I think they forget that that stuff is in there because Christianity in America is just this sort of like positive, encouraging and family friendly religion that just kind of makes you feel good all the time. And it's been sifted at like all the hard and difficult passages, all the suffering and all like the really graphic passages have been filtered out of the Bible. And what we're left with is just this sort of feel good message about how the point of Christianity is to be happy and cozy and comfortable. And that is toxic. And it's toxic because it shortcuts to joy without confronting reality. It is brainwashing because Christianity actually is a positive worldview. Like it is at the end, ultimately a hopeful perspective on the world. It's not like nihilism where everything is just pointless and stupid or nothing. I mean, it's not an inherently depressing or pessimistic outlook on reality. It's actually a hopeful outlook on reality where Jesus comes back at the end of time and makes all things new and creates heaven on earth. And there's no more death. There's no more disease or crying or pain. It's ultimately a hopeful religion, but sometimes it takes a while to get there. And what's toxic about the toxic positivity in Christian culture is that it kind of shortcuts to joy without addressing reality. And the healthy positivity of Christianity is not looking to be immediately happy in the moment in your circumstances, because that's what moralistic therapeutic deism is all about is being happy in this life. But that's not the point of Christianity. The point of Christianity is to see through the darkness and despair of this world and see beyond it and see the hope that lies at the end. And a lot of times it feels like American Christianity just wants to throw happiness pills at people who are suffering, people who are depressed and people who are sitting in that darkness. And sometimes it takes me sitting across from my friend, Michael in the slum and just grabbing his hand and acknowledging how sad his situation is saying, I'm sorry for the things that he's been through, empathizing with him, feeling the pain that he's felt. Even though personally, I can't imagine what that would be like to not have much feeling in my legs and to be crawling around in a sewage gutter in the middle of a slum, I can at least listen to him and acknowledge just how sad that is and pray with him and myself try to find the joy that he has already found. Because one day that might be me. One day I might be in a position where I feel hopeless and I might cling to the joy that I found in him. But I know that what I saw in that moment is a man who was able to confront the reality of the darkness before him and yet still found joy. And to me, that's true positivity. Like that's healthy positivity, looking beyond your circumstances and finding hope and finding joy, not forcing a smile and just pretending to be happy and pretending like everything's okay, but actually finding true joy rooted in Jesus Christ. That's something I'm still learning. And in that sense, I have a lot to learn from people like Michael. Because for all the wealthy people I've known, for all the celebrities and athletes I've looked up to throughout my childhood, and for all the role models I've had, I think I could say with a fair degree of confidence that I have never known anyone quite as happy as Michael. If you'd like to support me, just reach out and let me know you're listening. That's it. If you're watching this on YouTube, consider liking this video and subscribing to my channel. I hate saying that. I really hate saying that because everybody says that, but it's true. It helps. If you're listening on a podcast streaming app, just consider leaving me a review. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do in Liberia, just visit standingsidebyside.org. Or if you'd like to make a donation, just Venmo at standingsidebyside. That's one word. Thank you so much for listening. Keep the faith.